than on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. Sing verse one again. You are not a God. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone right now in the good times and bad. You were on your throne. You are God alone. You're the only God whose power none can contend. You're the only God whose name men your praise will never end. You're the only God whose word of everything we can give. You are God. That's just the way it is. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you were on your throne. You are God alone. You're unchangeable. You're unshakable. You're unstoppable. That's what you are. You're unchangeable. You're unshakable. You're unstoppable. That's what you are. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more than Him. So let our faith be more than ever, greater than the songs we sing. And in our weakness and sensation, we
reason here and now that love invade. Let the church live loud. Our God will say we believe. We believe in the gates of hell. Do you have one with you? Yeah, I'll take it. I can show it. Okay, well, 
Uh, a couple of announcements to share with us, uh, share with you as we continue in our service this morning. Um, first of all, I wish to thank uh, you for voting yes to move forward with the flat roof repairs. Uh, the project will take place in spring 2017. That was the soonest that they could get it done, um, from my understanding. So spring 2017, we are going to be uh, having our flat roofs repaired. Thank the Lord, and um, that, that is a, a huge praise. Awana, Joe is bringing up. <laughs> uh, Awana Mittens. It's time for the Awana Mittens again. I don't know if you remember what we did last year with them and have done in the past, but uh, you can take a mitten that has a clubber's name on the mitten, um, and you're able to purchase a uh, $5 gift for that clubber that can be used at the Awana Christmas party, um, which is a great time. It's a lot of fun, but we need these gifts in order to be able to do it. Um, so they're not on the tree yet, as the tree is having a little bit of difficulty standing up. I think it doesn't want to go up till after Thanksgiving. That's what it's waiting for. Um, but the tree's having a little bit of difficulty, so once, once we're able to do that, they will be up. But they're going to be, where do you want to have them, Joe? In the back? They're going to be with Joe. So if you are interested in picking up a mitten, there are tons of them. Um, please see Joe, and you'll be able to get one of those mittens. Um, the worship gathering, our annual Thanksgiving service, is next Sunday, November 20th. There is no Sunday school. The service will start at 9.30. Again, no Sunday school. Service starts at 9.30. The annual Christmas party is December 3rd. The sign-up sheet is now in the fellowship hall. It is going to be a great time. You will leave full and happy, right? <laughs> full and happy. So I encourage you to come out. Um, next, we'd like to recognize... Um, all of those who have served or are serving um, in our military and our armed forces here in this uh, great country. And so I'd like you to stand, please, if you have served or are serving uh, in the military. And we'd like to thank you um, for your service. You please stand. Thank you. Thank you very much. We, we are so thankful for your sacrifice. We know that it is a great sacrifice, and we know that freedom isn't free. And so we thank the Lord for each and every one of you. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, Lord, we are so thankful for all of the people, Father, that you have put in places for your glory. Lord, we're thankful to live in this country where we can gather together and declare your name. We can gather together without fear of having our doors broken down. Father, we are so thankful to live in America. Lord, I thank you for all those who have served. Lord, we ask that you bless them. Lord, this morning we ask that you use this service to glorify your name. In the name that is above all names, in the name of Jesus. Leonard's going to come and lead us in hymn number 37, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy 
this one. And now as we uh, move into our prayer time, I'd uh, encourage you to take out your prayer ministry sheet. Um, again, a great way to remember who to pray for throughout the week, church family and um, people in our community. I'd like to mention a couple of those, uh, but before that, I'd like to read a, a little note from Gene Weaver. It says, to the pastor and church family at Word of Life Chapel, I would like to thank you for all your cards, your gift card, phone calls, visits, food, and especially your prayers during my recent surgery and recovery. Through it all, I have felt God's presence with me and his healing hand upon me. May God bless you all, your sister in Christ, Gene Weaver. So, Gene, we're glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, Dorothy Alibo had gallbladder surgery this past Thursday, um, and she is now home, right, Zach? She's home now, right? Um, so we continue to pray for her recovery, uh, and it moves her knee surgery to a later date, so we can pray that the Lord uh, helps her as she kind of recovers through all of this and has to figure out a, a new date for her knee surgery. Um, Trisha Hamaker had surgery on Thursday as well, and um, last I heard, I think she was planning to come home today. Is, is that correct? She's home today or coming home today? Coming home today. So we can pray that the Lord just, oh, she has a long way to go uh, with her leg recovering, and that the Lord just uh, makes us a speedy recovery for her. Um, and there are many others listed on your sheet this morning. I spoke to Dave as, as he came in this morning. Dave wrote, and having hip problems and a lot of pain, he's going to be having surgery uh, on November 30th. So we can pray that the Lord will uh, just guide the doctor's hands through that surgery, um, and the Lord will just be with him at that time. Are there any prayer requests that you have that maybe are not on this sheet that you would like uh, to make the church family aware of or bring before the Lord this morning? Yes, Dave. Any others this morning? Yes. Hmm. Did you say that's your brother? Did you say your brother? Hmm. Any others this morning? Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Gracious God, we are so thankful, Father, for your love for us. Um, Father, how much you care about us uh, in more ways than we could ever understand. Um, Lord, our, our sheet is full um, with names of people, Father, who uh, are heavy on our hearts, um, our, family, uh, our family in Christ. 
Lord, our, our church family, Lord, that are going through different struggles, um, Lord, different uh, ailments, different parts of the body that are not working the way that, that uh, they should be. And, Lord, we ask that as many prepare for uh, surgery or doctor's visits, Lord, that you just guide uh, the doctor's hands. Lord, we think of uh, the, those that were mentioned this morning. We think of Pam's brother. And, Lord, we ask that you just continue to provide healing for him. Lord, and glorious brother with this diagnosis of cancer, Lord, we ask that, uh, Lord, you just surround him right now uh, with your love. Father, put people around him, Father, that just encourage him and build him up, Lord. And we pray for healing in his life. Lord, I think of Lester, of, of Dave's stepdad. And it's been a long journey for him. Lord, we ask that you just provide peace for him at this time. And Lord, if it's your will that you would heal him, Lord, we still pray for healing. You are the great physician and can do anything. Lord, we think of our nation. And we've just come through a very tough election season. Lord, we know that you are in control of all things. And that the person that you wanted to win has won. Lord, we ask that you now surround our president-elect Donald Trump with godly people. We ask that, Lord, you help him to make godly decisions. Lord, we pray for healing in a nation that is broken right now. That somehow, Father, people would seek you. Lord, we ask that if there are any, anything that we have hidden from you, Lord, that you bring it out to the light today. Father, we are so thankful for the love that you have given us. For the love that you had in sending your only son to die for us. Lord, we pray that this morning. We may just surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. us as we sing trust in you.
eyes of men it seems there's so much we have lost as we look down the road where all the prodigals have walked and one by one the enemy whose whisper lies and led them off to say God's yours is the victory We know there is more to come That we may not yet see So with the faith you've given us We step into the valley unafraid Unafraid Call out to drivers, come alive on the schedule, I saw there was no special music scheduled for today, and there was a song that really went with the passage that we're going to be looking at today. Um, the idea that our hope is in God, no matter what's going on, no matter what your circumstances say. And so we're going to sing that for you um, today. Maybe you've heard it before. Um, you're welcome to join in if you have. There's not going to be any words on the screen. Um, i 
As I kneel in the darkness in the middle of the night, I'm praying for assurance everything's gonna be all right. Lord, I see another battle out in front of me. I'm afraid I won't be able and I go down in defeat. And he said, I walked on the water and I calmed the raging sea. I spoke to the wind and hushed and I gave you peace. Didn't I hear you when you called? I walked right beside you and so you would come. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sin? I searched until I found you. Just take a look behind you at how far you've come. And every time you ask me, didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see you through? And she said, I walked on the water and I come the raging sea. I spoke to
you know, as Pastor Bob and I were talking this week, we, we decided we, we did want to make a mention of the election. Um, because it's been a tough election season as a nation. Um, and the Bible says that nobody is allowed into power without God allowing them to be there. Um, and our country has voted. We have a president. And whether that is something that encourages you or discourages you, it's our job to pray for our president. Um, so we encourage you to do that. To, to remember to pray for our current president, Barack Obama, and also pray for our president-elect, Donald Trump. And then as Christians, we can lift up these men and pray that God will surround them with godly counsel and that the Lord will just flood through their heart and that they will do godly things. And so I hope that's your prayer as well. How did we get here? Have you ever asked yourself that question before? How did we get here? How do I find myself here? Yesterday, Sarah and I were uh, in Lancaster. We were visiting. Um, I, you know, every time I say Sarah's name, her eyes kind of get big because I never tell her what I'm going to say. Um, so <laughs> it's fun. I always look at her. And, uh, but we were driving back from Lancaster, and uh, we went to visit my cousin. And uh, they have a two-month-old baby girl that we had not met yet. Eliza is her name. And beautiful little girl. We went down to visit them, and we drove back. And as we were driving back, all of a sudden, we were on 322. I said, I said, wow, this drive went fast. We must have been really engaged in good conversation or something that minute. I don't even remember 283. <laughs> and maybe you find yourselves like that and you're driving down the road and you're thinking through something and all of a sudden, how did I get here? Sometimes it's a little bit scary. How did I find myself here? How did I get here? And I want to think for a minute about the last 16 years that we've had not only in America, but in the world. If you remember the new millennium, Y2K, everybody was afraid the end of the world was coming. But we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. Our country was met with a very tragic day on September 11th. You can't even put into words, but it changed our country drastically. Up until that point, the fear of terrorism seemed like it was something outside of our nation. After that, it really hit home. 2,996 people lost their lives on that day. After 9-11, there was a crash of the stock market where many people lost thousands, hundreds of thousands, life savings. 2007 to 2009, we had what was called the Great Recession in the United States of America where many people struggled to even put gas in their car. Across the world, we have terrorist organizations like Boko Haram that will go and capture 276 girls from a local school. I did some calculations, and according to what I found on the CDC page, between the year 2000 and 2010, 9 million babies were aborted in the United States of America. Legally. Legally. 9 million. We've just come through what many people consider to be the nastiest presidential election of all time in the United States. Actually, the primary season wasn't much better. It really wasn't. But this brutal season has left many people hurt. And I'm not talking about the people that are riding on the streets. I'm talking about people that might not say anything, but they are hurting. 
It's caused a great divide in our nation. And those are just the big news headlines. Those are the ones that you see on CNN or Fox News. But there are a lot of things that happen that are not on the major headlines. For example, a family business closes its doors for the last time because they can't afford to keep them open anymore. Somebody that was expecting to have this job for the rest of their life lost it because of the economy. The job that they were hoping to provide for their family with, it's gone. Not because of any mistake that they made. Somebody went to the doctor for a routine checkup and received a diagnosis that provides no hope at all. There's a single mother that doesn't want to open her mailbox because she knows that the bills in her mailbox are more money than what she has in her bank account. When you put everything together like that, of course, these are a lot of the negative things. It seems like the last 16 years have been pretty tough. But we aren't stopping there. Don't worry. As many of you know, life is tough. It kind of goes without saying. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here in this world, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Let's, let's look at this part. You will have many trials and sorrows. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. You are going to have trials and sorrows. Not just trials, but sorrows. Not just sorrows, but trials. Life is not going to be easy. There are some people that preach the, the health and prosperity gospel that if you follow Jesus and you're a good Christian, you're going to be healthy and wealthy. It's not true. You will have trials and sorrows. Life is going to be tough. And we're going to look at that. We're actually going to look at Lamentations chapter 3 today. I encourage you to open your Bibles there. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3. Genesis, Exodus, Lamentations. No, I'm just kidding. That's what I do at youth group. And, and the kids all look at me. They know I'm just joking now. Sometimes I'll. Matthew, Mark, Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. Jerusalem has just been destroyed, and many people had just been captured because they would not turn from their sinful ways. And Jeremiah had spent time prophesying that this, this destruction was going to come to them, but they decided not to listen. In Lamentations chapter 3, we see Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, crying over what had just happened, what he had just experienced, and what he had just seen. The Bible says this in verse 1, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. He has led me into darkness, shutting out all light. He has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He has buried me in a dark place like those long dead. He has walled me in and I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. And though I cry out and shout, he has shut out my prayers. He has blocked my way with a high stone wall. He has made my road crooked. He has hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. He has dragged me off the path and torn me in pieces, leaving me helpless and devastated. 
He has drawn his bow and made me the target for the arrows. He has shot his arrows deep into my heart. My own people, they laugh at me. All day long they sing their mocking songs. He has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. He has made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me in dust. Peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. And I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Again, we're seeing Jeremiah who had just witnessed this absolutely catastrophic, terrible thing. And we'll look a little more into that as we go on. But we see that Jeremiah is in a valley in his life right now. And listen, we all go through valleys, don't we? We all have valleys in life. Trials and sorrows. You are going to have valleys in your life. And valleys do not choose you based on your race or your political party. Valleys do not choose you based on your age. We all go through valleys in life. It's inevitable. Again, John 16, 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. John 16 is a guarantee that, listen, in life you are going to have valleys. As a matter of fact, some of you right now might be going through valleys in your life that you're not telling anybody about. That you don't want anyone else to know about. And the weight is just weighing on your shoulders. And maybe you've been there before. You don't want to weigh anyone else down with your problems, but man, that, that weight on your shoulders is just too much. It feels like you're carrying the whole world. But the fact of the matter is, is that no matter what happens, we are going to have valleys in life. They are inevitable, unpredictable, inconvenient, and they are often devastating. They come at the worst times when we are not expecting them or prepared for them, but all of a sudden we find ourselves in a valley in life. And Jeremiah, through the, through the whole book of Lamentations, he has found himself in a valley. He is discouraged. He is crying out to God. But let's, let's talk about what he'd just seen. He's kind of like a war correspondent. He's all of a sudden been stuck in the middle of this terrible, terrible scenario and situation. He goes on to say that there's people dying and starving in the streets. Imagine a war. I'm sure there were children on the streets crying out for their parents, brothers and sisters who lost loved ones, parents who lost children, children who lost parents, and Jeremiah sees all of this. He watches his people be led away into captivity, Daniel being one of them. And he cries and cries and cries. The weeping prophet. So let's understand that Jeremiah isn't, isn't, Lamentations is not a woe is me, oh my life is so terrible. This is a heartbreaking, gut-wrenching account of what he had just witnessed and said, Lord, this is what's on my heart right now. This is what I have on my heart. This valley that I'm going through, it is so heavy, it is so tough, and the only one that really understands it is you. Hear my cry. We all go through valleys. And if you find yourself in a valley today, know that you are not alone. It's easy to feel alone in the valley, isn't it? Like there's no one else there to help you, but you are not alone. We also grow in life's valleys. There's an old Arab proverb, and this is what it says. 
All sunshine and no rain makes a desert. All sunshine and no rain makes a desert. And as I read that, I thought, that, that's really deep. That's really, it's very simple, but it's also really deep. There's a lot to that. If your life is all perfect and there's nothing wrong and life is wonderful every single day, you're not building your faith. You're not maturing. If I want to become a better athlete, I'm not going to go play against a bunch of five-year-old kids to make myself fear. I'm going to challenge myself. James says in James 1, 2-4, Dear brothers and sisters, when trials of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I'm going to read it again. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Have you ever seen the movie The Lorax before? Dr. Seuss's The Lorax? There's a song. Oh, I see you rolling your eyes over that. It's a catchy song. It'll be stuck in your head if you listen to it. But it's let it grow. They sing let it grow about this little tree they want to grow. And that should be our cry. Lord, let our faith grow. Use this situation, Lord, that to me seems terrible and devastating. I don't understand what you're doing. But use this to help my faith to grow. See, in life, we go through financial valleys, emotional valleys, relational valleys, all different kinds of trials, but we do not go through any accidents. God is in control of everything that happens. There are no accidents. And even something that might seem very insignificant or very small, God can use that to help you grow in your faith, to help you mature in your faith. Every problem has a purpose, even little tiny ones. God can teach you character. He can change you and mature you. Back in the 1800s, there was a wealthy Chicago lawyer. had a thriving legal practice, a beautiful home. He had uh, a son and I have four daughters and was very successful and very, very content. Um, and he was also a very devout Christian, faithful student of the Word of God. And this man uh, and his wife lost their son in a very tragic scenario. Um, the Lord took their little boy away from them. Not long after that, there was the Chicago fire, uh, and it actually ended up, of 1871, it ended up destroying almost all the investments that this family had in Chicago. Uh, all of their wealth, everything that they had worked so hard for, gone. They decided as a family to take a vacation and to head over to Europe. And the man and his wife and daughters were getting ready to board the boat when some last-minute business came up that the man was not able to go on the boat and be a part of. Um, and so he sent his wife and daughters ahead of him. He received a note a couple days later that the ship had encountered a collision and all four of his daughters had drowned and only his wife had survived. With a heavy heart, Horatio Spafford boarded a boat that would take 
him to his grieving wife, whose name was Anna in England. While he was on the boat, he wrote these words that we sing today. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So Lord, take over my life. I don't understand what you're doing. I'm sure it hurt him more than words could ever describe. But he says, God, whatever you do, you have a plan, you have a purpose, and I don't understand it, but you do. And so whatever you're going through in your life, whatever valley you find yourself in, Lord, I don't know why you have affected my health in this way. Lord, I don't know why you took all the money that I had invested in this thing. Lord, I don't know why you took my job away. Lord, I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Take it and give it to the Lord and say, Lord, you know what? I don't know why, but you know why. And that's enough for me. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Again, as I said before, oftentimes we're in the valleys of life, we feel like we're alone. But there are many people that are in life's valleys. In the year 2004, uh, a man by the name of Stephen Curtis Chapman, I don't know if you ever heard of Stephen Curtis Chapman, a very uh, prominent a uh, successful Christian artist has wrote some wonderful songs, very powerful words. In 2004, he flew to China with strict orders from his wife to not look at any orphan children. They'd already adopted two babies from China. Turns out, uh, he doesn't always listen to his wife. And uh, within a couple days, he had met a little orphan by the name of Maria. Maria. And seven months later, Maria was now Maria Chapman. He said, this little one just grabbed my heart. But a couple years later, in the year 2008, her brother Will, while backing out, struck Maria in the driveway and killed her. And Maria was lost to the Chapmans forever. We're going to watch a short video. Thank you so very much for joining us on Life Today. I'm Betty Robinson, and this is Jane. Stephen Curtis Chapman has, uh, I guess, been blessed with not only a wonderful ability, but uh, and, and really he's got a uh, an admiration factor on the part of people who would claim to be people of faith who recognize that there is a God that is not way out there, but a personal God and Father and friend and a wonderful Savior. And Betty, I think about a year and a half ago when we got a call that uh, a tragic incident, accident, tragic doesn't even seem to adequately describe the impact that a family experiences when a child, a child that has adopted from China, five years old is killed in their own drive, basically at their house and another family member involved in some way and how do you handle all of that and Stephen Betty and I want to welcome you and we want to let you know that
Betty and I cared. I really, I feel like we were lifted. And there's that great story in scripture of the friends who took their sick friend and picked him up on his bed and cut a hole in the roof to get him to Jesus so he could be, you know, ministered to. And we really felt that way and really still do. We felt like there were so many um, that were literally lifting us up because we couldn't, we couldn't move um, the grief and, and the, the weight was so heavy. You know, there's this amazing scripture that talks about God being the God of all comfort. And, um, and I really feel like we were carried to into and placed in the arms of the God of all comfort through our friends. And we're just, we're so grateful, really thankful. Tell me how the other children are. You know, everybody was at home when the accident happened and um, everybody except our oldest daughter, Emily. And so the, the little girls were in the yard playing with Maria uh, when she, you know, ran in the path of the car. And, and uh, so they experienced so much trauma and uh, just from that. and and. Of course, Will uh, was driving the car, and uh, his older brother Caleb was the one who uh, came around the corner and, and literally chased his brother through the yard and tackled him and, and just took him down and, and began to pray with him and, and love on him. Uh, can, I, can I tell you a thought I had? You're the songwriter. When I heard you talk about the brother tackling the other brother, I just heard tackled by love. Yeah. And that's why he tackled him. Yeah, All right. He was tackled by love. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've written songs for a lot of years. I've, I've talked about this, uh, this God that we have put our hope and our trust in. Um, but on May 21st, uh, 2008, I, I stood at the door of heaven. I, I wrestled uh, at that door for a long time. I, I was determined to pray for God to breathe the life back in my little girl. And sure. I, I just determined I was going to bolt the door of the emergency room there. And even when they came in and told us that she was gone, I said, well, that's your opinion. Can I just go see her? Absolutely. And, uh, God bless you for that. And I, I was just committed to that. And, and it was really God spoke through my wife and, and just said, you know, we need to, we need to let her go. Um, ultimately, where she had just uh, three months earlier, it was February, one morning, she asked her mom, she said, does God really have a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms? And she said, uh, does he really have a big table with lots of food? And uh, she was learning this song, Big Big House by Audio Adrenaline. And my wife said, well, yeah, I believe that's true. And, um, and Maria looked at her mom, and she wasn't even five yet, and she, was, she said, Mom, I want to go see God's big house. I want to go live there. Ooh. And um, I was at home, and I came downstairs. My wife called me, and she said, you ought to come talk with Maria. She's talking about something interesting. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we talked about it for a while, and I just tried to explain to her as best I could in four-year-old language why she would want to go live with God. God made her for himself to have a relationship, and that's what we all ultimately want to go be with him. That's where we belong. And I said, you want to talk to him about it? And she said, yeah. And she prayed on her own the most amazing little prayer, just saying, God, I want to live with you. And uh, I'd explain, you know, that's why Jesus came and, and died on the cross to make a way for you to be with him. And we all get to be forever together and um, never have to say goodbye. And uh, she prayed an amazing prayer. And, you know, on May 21st, I never imagined, you know, she'd be going so soon. But we, uh, you know, that day I feel like I, I stood there and, 
And everything else, all this other stuff, just became so insignificant. And I really, I really, uh, if, if nothing else, God allowed me just to peek in for just a moment into eternity when I, when I had to place my little girl in the arms of Jesus. And, um, and at that point, I think I really just got a glimpse of how we are made for, for eternity. This life is so short. If it's five years, if it's 95 years, we thought we were going to get the 95 with this little girl when we took, went to China and adopted her. Um, but God knew. God had a plan. His plans for us, he knows his plans. I'm so glad Jeremiah 29, 11 doesn't say, I'm working on my plan. I think I know the plan. But he says, I know the plans I have for you. It's not to harm you. It's not for evil. It's to give you a future and a hope. And that is everything you guys talk about every day on the show. It's the, it is our hope. That's eternal. It's it's a hope in the promises of God, and um, we anchor ourselves to it. We hold on to it, and it is true. It's all it's all real. A tragic, tragic story. Um, we can't even put it into words. Uh, but the way that he concludes his message at the end that God has a plan, and his plan is never not necessarily going to be easy. But he has a plan. He's in control. And we're going to go to the end of, of the passage in Lamentations. We didn't read that part yet. We read the part where Jeremiah was in the valley. We read the part where Jeremiah was struggling. I'm going to fast forward to it real quick here. Did I lose the PowerPoint, Pete? Did I go too far? Great. Thank you. Um, we get to verse 21, and Jeremiah, up until this point, he's discouraged. He's been in life's valley. He'd seen these terrible things. But then he says this, a total twist on what he has said in the beginning. He says this, verse 21, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. I love this verse. As I was studying, I, wow, what power. And this little phrase right here, I still dare to hope when I remember this. I remember that the faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. That his mercies, they never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it's good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. I still dare to hope when I remember this, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends, no matter what valley you're going through or you find yourself in in life. Remember that God's love never ends. Valleys have a purpose, and oftentimes, even though we don't understand that purpose, we serve a God who does. And whenever you find yourself in the valley of life, remember, remember the promises that God has given us. Romans 8, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Lamentations 3, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Deuteronomy 31, he will never leave you or forsake you. When you find yourself in life's valleys, remember. Remember that you serve the God who brought Israel out of slavery. You serve the God that brought down the walls of Jericho. 
You serve the God that helped David slay Goliath. And he loves you more than you'll ever know or be able to understand. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. We find ourselves in life's valleys. Oftentimes the choice of choosing to remember what God has to say. We choose to remember that God promises that nothing can separate us from his love. We choose to believe that he is still good. Even though it seems like your situation is horrible. We choose to remember that God is still in control even when it seems like everything around us is out of control. We believe that God can do the impossible even when we're told that something is not possible. We're going to close with one more video this morning. Uh, Phillips, Craig, and Dean, name of uh, another group of musicians, three pastors, um, they wrote a song called I Choose to Believe. Now, Dan Dean, the, one of the singers, the main singer, uh, actually has cancer, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and there's other illnesses in his family before. Actually, I believe it was his brother, either with mesothelioma or leukemia, and he wrote this song for him. Wrote this song for him. And I want you to listen to the words, and I want you to think about the valley that you might be going through in your life right now and choose to believe that God is still good.
challenge to you this morning is that no matter what valley in life you find yourself in, that you choose to believe that God is still good and that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are so thankful for your love, the love that is beyond compare, the love that, Father, we did um, nothing to deserve it. We don't deserve it, but you've given it so freely. Lord, I pray for those who are here today that are in life's valleys, that are in the trenches. Lord, that they are discouraged and beat down. Father, I ask that you encourage them. Help them to not grow weary in doing good. Lord, I ask that you fill their hearts with the promises that you have given, that your love never ends. That nothing can separate us from your love, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Gracious God, we cry out to you today. Lord, we ask this morning that you now help us as we go into the world. Help us to be the light into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in our closing hymn this morning. I would ask you to stand with me as we sing hymn number 308. 308. I want to thank Pastor Tony for that message of challenge and encouragement this morning. I was thinking of the Apostle Paul when he was languishing in prison, chained to a guard, how he was encouraging at that time, he was encouraging others in the faith. And many times in the valleys that we, that we experience, we can be an encouragement to others to, as we uh, go through those valleys. Okay, 308, my hope is in the Lord.
Father, again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity we have of once more gathering together to worship you and, and study your word. <clears throat> now, Lord, as we leave this place, we pray that each one of us would be encouraged as we face valleys in our lives, that we might not only be encouraging ourselves, but others as we go through those. Father, we pray that each one of us would be encouraged as we face the world now, as we scatter as a church, keep us safe. And Father, we pray that each one of us might learn to live and serve you in a way that would be pleasing to you. Again, we thank you for all you've done for us, for what you will do, and we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. For it's in your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you and you're dismissed.